today on Word of Grace Radio with senior pastor and teacher, Joe Marquez. He wrote another book called The Gospel Blimp, and in it, he tells the story of a man who hired a blimp to bombard his neighborhood with gospel tracts. Just hired a blimp, you know, bombard my neighborhood with gospel blimp. He was like that, that guy who, who went up to his pastor, and I forget and this, I think he went up, John MacArthur tells the story of a member of, of his church came to him and said, hey, Pastor MacArthur, why don't we get the gospel message on the radio? I mean, he's already on the radio, but get the gospel message on the radio, tailor it to meet my specific neighborhood and present them with the gospel so that they all hear the gospel. Because I want my neighbors to really know about Jesus. And Pastor MacArthur looked at him and said, why don't you just go tell them about Jesus? Instead of hiring a blimp, right? Instead, why don't you just go tell them? You see, it's much easier, more attractive for us to pray that others would be used by the Lord than what? And the Lord would use us. Oh, I'll, I'll pray, you know, oh, Lord, send somebody, right? You ever pray, Lord, send me? Like Isaiah? What did Isaiah say? Lord, send me. Your word of grace offers healing to the nation. Your word of grace brings peace and unity. Your word of grace breaks every stronghold. Welcome to Word of Grace Radio, a radio ministry of Grace Calvary Chapel located in San Antonio, Texas. We pray that God uses these sermons to bless, encourage, and help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Joe is in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 8 through 15. The title of this sermon is, To Preach the Gospel in Rome. Here is the first half of this verse-by-verse study with senior pastor and teacher, Joe Marquez. So the power of the gospel, and we see and we know that the gospel certainly has power, power to change people's lives. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want to start out by reading a little story that I found. Uh, a pastor retells a story. He says that he had visited Park Street Church and made it a point to look for a bronze plaque bearing the inscription, Joseph S. Lozowski, lost February 3rd, 1943, North Atlantic. He decided to do that because he was reading a book by Alan Emery uh, called A Turtle on a Fence Post, and Alan told the story about this guy named, uh, named Joseph. In fact, it's his own story. He stories about him and Joseph. And he writes, the day after Pearl Harbor, Emery, like thousands of others, enlisted his choice being the Coast Guard, and he was immediately put to work in his hometown of Boston as a quartermaster, given the Friday night duty of guarding one of the wharfs. Now, one particular Friday, um, he had wisely decided to get some sleep before duty, and while in his bunk, 
resting, one of his acquaintances, Joseph Olzowski, came in in immaculate dress blues, um, his hat squared, his cuffs snow white, his shoes spit shine, and with the biggest smile, he asked Emery, how do I look? And Emery said, you look great. And Joseph replied that the previous night at the USO, he had met a wealthy girl, and the girl had invited him to spend the weekend at her apartment on Beacon Hill. She was going to take him to the opera that night. She had a lot of records, a lot of alcohol, and he didn't have to be back until 7 a.m. Monday morning. And he finished by telling Emery, this is going to be the greatest time of my life. And so Emery replied to him, I'm going to be praying for you. And Joseph said, what did you say? And Emery replied, I said, I'm going to be praying for you. And Joseph replied, well, why are you going to be praying for me when I'm going to have the greatest time of my life? And Emery said, because Joe, Monday morning, you'll be back aboard the ship and you won't be the same person you are tonight because sin always leaves its mark. And so Joseph swore at Emery and took off into the night, went out to see his girl, and Emery prayed for Joe. Um, and then a couple of hours later, Joseph comes back, and he walks in and he tells Emery, how can you have a good time when somebody is praying for you? You ruined my weekend. I stood up my date, and I've been waiting until you came on duty. Now tell me, how do you find God? And that night, Joseph Olzowski heard, I pronounce his name differently each time because I'm not certain. Uh, he heard for the first time the promises of God, and he believed. He gave his life to the Lord. He joined Park Street Church, spent his free time on the common, inviting others uh, to service. Uh, grew under the scriptures under Dr. Harold Okenga. And then on February 1st, 1943, he volunteered for sea duty on a minesweeper headed for Iceland where a tornado found its mark. And, and so they have a plaque there, uh, Park Street Church, how he passed away. But he heard the gospel and gave his life to the Lord. Somebody was willing to pray for him and to lead him to Christ. And that's the power of the gospel. And that's the message of the book of Romans, that there's power in the good news of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, so once again, we're going to look at this in three parts. First part is, I thank God for you. Uh, in verses one, 8 through 10 of Romans chapter 1. In essence, Paul is saying, before I show you my theology, or teach you my theology, I'm going to display to you my heart. I'm going to show you how I feel about you before I tell you what I believe and, and what is the truth about Jesus Christ. So first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Notice he didn't thank the Romans for their faith, but he thanked God for their faith. Uh, it, it was certainly our faith comes from the Father. Uh, he's been given to us, and so he... He thanked the Lord for them because your faith is proclaimed in all the worlds. Uh, what the Romans had a type of faith then that was evident. It was evident. It wasn't a hiding type of faith. It wasn't a secret type of faith. But it was an evident type of faith. So evident that the entire world had heard about it. You see, they didn't hide their Christianity. Uh, they weren't the type of Christians who 
uh, you know, who, who wouldn't tell anybody that they, weren't, that they were a Christian. They openly displayed their Christianity, and hence their Christianity was, was spread, in a sense, which gives us the understanding then that in order for our faith to be proclaimed, uh, we have to be proclaimers in, in a manner and in which a way that, that we tell others about Jesus Christ. Because if we just hide our faith, no one's ever going to know. You don't want to be out there and then all of a sudden, I didn't know you were a Christian. I had no idea that, that you were a... Why would they have no idea? Well, because you're like that guy who went to youth camp, right? And his mom was hesitant to send him to youth camp because he was a Christian and, and uh, you know, she was afraid others would make fun of him. He goes to camp, comes back a month later. His mom tells him, well, how did it go? He, he goes, I had a great time. Man, we, we went rafting and archery and horseback, you know, just one thing after another. Well, what did they do when they found out you were a Christian? Nothing. I never told them. Never had a problem. Never told them. You see, and, and we don't want to be that type of believer, in a sense. We, Paul was able to thank God through Jesus Christ for the Romans because their faith is proclaimed in all the world. The entire world had heard of their faith in one way or another. And God had used the church there in Rome because of their faith. So Paul was thankful even as he wrote the letter to the Romans for the faith. The faith, Jude 1.3, speaking of the faith, says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And so in like manner, I, I pray that our faith would increase and that our faith would touch the entire world, right? That we could also be thankful for what God is doing in our lives. Now, Paul was thankful for their faith, and then he was prayerful for them. He says in verse 9, in the beginning of verse 10, he says, For God is my witness whom I serve in my, with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. I mention you always in, in my prayers. And so Paul then would constantly be praying for the Romans. Praying, how does he say, without ceasing. Uh, and he, notice how he starts it off with, for God is my witness. He wanted them to know, I'm willing to have God tell you that I have been praying. Because how often do we tell somebody that we're going to pray for them and then we may not pray? Or how often do we tell somebody that we pray for them and then you know, we, we forget to pray for them? And here Paul is saying, no, I thank I, God is my witness. I, I have been praying for you. Uh, I don't know if I told you the story, and, and I, uh, but one time we were, we were eating lunch, me and a couple of friends, and, and, and a friend got a text about something that was happening. And so he, he puts on the, he replies, praying for you. And, you know, I'm just thinking, we're eating lunch, you know? We're eating lunch, and, 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 and you, you got a couple of tacos in your mouth. Are you really praying for them at this moment? 
Or are you just saying you're praying for that? That kind of went through my mind. Not that you can't eat and pray at the same time, because you certainly can. You can certainly eat and pray at the same time, walk and pray, ride your bike, you know, all that stuff. You can, you're, it's, you know, but, you know, I'm just wondering, are you really praying for them? And so I'll kid him often about that. But Paul was serious. He says, I, I pray for you, for you guys. God's my witness. Secondly, notice how he says, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Whom I serve in my spirit in the gospel of his son. To serve, the word there for serve is latruo. And sometimes it's translated as serve. Often it's translated as worship. And what Paul is saying is that my act of service was really an act of worship unto the Lord. And the application is, is real simple for us that uh, our service to God should always be an act of worship. We serve God. We serve God. Because once we make it that we serve others, then our service is going to suffer. And you know why it's going to suffer? Because it's difficult to serve people sometimes. Right? Uh, I forget I was reading something on Facebook. You know, pray for the problem people. Because you're one of them, I think it said. <laughs> You know, pray for the problem people because you're one of them. Because it's difficult. And if you get to the idea, if you have the idea, you know, I'm serving, and then somebody messes with you or something, and then ah, I'm not going to serve anymore. You know, the, the problem is you're not serving God. You're serving the people, and the people get to you. And in reality, people are always going to get to you. I mean, that's just the, the reality of ministry. And so you have to have the knowledge that you are serving God. And when you understand that, then, you know, whether good, bad, ugly, whatever happens, you're serving God. He's the one you're serving. And then you're able to, to endure and to persevere. I'm sure, you know, as you look at Paul and whom he served, uh, the Corinthians were one of those that he was like, there weren't, he wasn't all lovey-dovey with them. It wasn't like the Philippians. The Philippians were his favorite. You can read that book and you can tell the way he wrote it, you know, I... You guys are number one. In fact, you're the one who gave me something when nobody else gave me nothing. The Corinthians, he had to endure. He had to persevere. He had to remember, I'm serving God. I'm not serving necessarily, even though I'm serving you, but, you know, I'm serving God first of all, because you guys are problem people. And, you know, hey, he tells the Romans, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Romans 12.1 reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In Philippians 3.3, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And I tell you, if you serve in the flesh instead of serving in the Spirit of God, you will run out of flesh. It's just too difficult. I always need the empowering of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. But notice how he ties his service with praying. In the end of 9, the beginning of 10, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers. I mention you always in my prayers. So somehow praying then was an act of worship to God and an act of service to others. And I don't know if, if you consider your prayers then as an act of service to God, an act of worship, an act of service to others, an act of worship to the Lord. Because I've heard people speak about praying, and, you know, I, I 
One guy told me, yeah, I, well, I just pray throughout the day. And, and I understand that. I understand. I mean, you know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. And it doesn't mean to always have your, you, you know, your hands closed. It just means when, when you, know, you need to pray about something, you pray. I remember telling him, but doesn't everybody do that? Doesn't, doesn't everybody pray throughout the day? I mean, when something happens and you need, you, you pray, right? Lord, help me. That's a prayer. I'm like, everybody does that, bro. Even unbelievers do that. They get in trouble. Help me, Lord. You know, they may not even believe in God. Help me, God. Oh, oh, you know, slip, slip of the tongue. They're atheists, and there they are. Just, Help me, God. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't know how much of an atheist you really are, but no. We, what I would encourage you to do, I've, I've told people this before. If you're going to pray, then you know, spend, set some time aside to pray. Get you a prayer list. There's nothing unspiritual about writing your prayers down and writing the people that you pray for. I got, I got me a list. Some of you have been on the list for a while. You know what I'm saying? And when the prayer is answered, I put either I'll take you off the list. And I go, oh, man, well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Toiling. That, that's where the word toiling comes from. You know, and I just, or I put a little star by it. Praise, you know, breakthrough, right? The light has turned on, finally. Thank you, God. You know? And then others, you're just you're persevering in prayer. Persevering in prayer, and, and you know you can't change them. I mean, they can't even change themselves. God has to change them, right? And you just keep praying for them, keep praying for them. And so that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers. And Paul had some great prayers, didn't he? I would encourage you if, if you want, you know, if you want to pray something biblical, pray some of Paul's prayers and place your name in them. Well, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, a real quick one, he said, pray without ceasing. Just, just continue to pray. He told the Ephesians in chapter 3, verses 4.19, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, and just put your name in there, that he may grant Joe to be strengthened with power through his spirit in my inner being, so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, that me being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what's the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. You can put yourself in there. You can put somebody else in there. Put their name in there and pray for them. You pray the scripture in Philippians 1, 9 to 11. He, he prayed, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. In Colossians, he prayed in Colossians 1, 9-11, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for our endurance and patience with joy. When it comes to prayer, understand, there are different answers that God gives to prayer. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is wait. You see, we, we think that if God says no or wait, that he doesn't hear us, 
And he's not answering our prayer. He's not a genie. You don't rub the bottle. You know, it's not Aladdin, right? You don't rub the thing a couple of times and give me, you got three wishes. He's not a genie. He's not Aladdin. You pray expectantly, but God's will be done. I don't know how many times I'll hear it. I'm sure I'll hear it till the day I go home. You know, he doesn't answer prayer. Now, what you're telling me, he doesn't answer prayer according to what you think he should do, when you think he should do it. And you forget that prayer is, is more about changing our mind and changing our hearts to come into the will of God. There are sometimes some reasons why he doesn't answer prayer. One is that if we regard iniquity in our hearts, he does not hear us. If there's iniquity in your heart and you're praying, do not expect him to answer your prayer. You, you, he, he, he's not going to. You need to come before the Lord, confess that he, that's sin, and then he'll answer your prayer. All right? I mean, and he'll, he'll, he'll begin to hear you. But, uh, you know, I know prayer can be a difficult subject, so much so that we, we sometimes think he's not hearing us or he's not, doing anything, or but he always is. But he, he sees the beginning from the end, and he knows what's best for us, when it's best for us. And so we keep trusting him. We keep praying. And Paul prayed, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. So he prayed not only for the Romans, but he prayed that he would get to go see them. He thanked God for them. He wanted to personally visit them. If in his book, The Gospel Blimp, by Joe Bailey. Joe, Joe Bailey. Joe Bailey wrote a book called A View from a Hearse. A View from a Hearse. If, if you've lost somebody, I encourage you to get that book by Joe Bailey. A View. He's lost a few of his children, passed away. And, uh, you know, he's, he's writing back of the hearse, writing that book about, you know, just the pain, struggle, dealing with his faith and all that through through going through loss. But he wrote another book called The Gospel Blimp. And in it, he tells the story of a man who hired a blimp to bombard his neighborhood with gospel tracts. Just hired a blimp, you know, bombard my neighborhood with gospel plans. He was like that, that guy who, who went up to his pastor. And I forget and this. I think he went up. John MacArthur tells the story of a member of, of his church came to him and said, Hey, Pastor MacArthur. Why don't we get the gospel message on the radio? I mean, he's already on the radio. But get the gospel message on the radio, tailor it to meet my specific neighborhood and present them with the gospel so that they all hear the gospel. Because I want my neighbors to really know about Jesus. And Pastor MacArthur looked at him and said, why don't you just go tell them about Jesus? Instead of hiring a blimp, right? Instead, why don't you just go tell them? You see, it's much easier more attractive for us to pray that others would be used by the Lord than what? And the Lord would use us. Oh, I'll, I'll pray. Oh, Lord, send somebody, right? You ever pray, Lord, send me? Like Isaiah? What did Isaiah say? Lord, send me. Lord, send me. It, it's a little, little different then, right? Oh, pray, Lord, send somebody. to Reach my neighbor. And we need to be more like Isaiah. Here I am. Send me. And pray that the Lord would use us to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus. I'm not telling you not to pray for others, but for us as well. We should be inclusive in that prayer. So first of all, Paul, thank God for them. Secondly, 
He said, I long to see you. In verse 11, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. I want to see you. I long to see you. It just does not want to see you. He's, it was a longing in his heart to go and spend some time with them because he wants to share a spiritual gift with them whatever spiritual gift that, that may have been, and whether he's talking of, of the gifts of the Spirit um, or, or some spiritual gift, just take note of this. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Every Christian has at least one. And I, I've told you this, my story time and time again, how I went into the youth pastor and said, I want to help with the youth group. The first question he asked me, well, what spiritual gifts do you have? And I'm like, I didn't even know there was such a thing. What is that? And he said, well, what do you want to do? I just want to help. You got the gift of help. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's Word of Grace radio episode as Pastor Joe goes through the Bible verse by verse, simply teaching the Word of God. Did you know that you can find this podcast to listen to it again, even download it or share it with someone by using Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as our church website? You can also get information about church service times, submit a prayer request, donate to this radio ministry, or get in contact with Pastor Joe directly on our church website at gracecalvarychapel.org. But we would love for you to come visit us in person at 9107. Marbach Road, Suite 225, near Highway 151 in the Lackland Sea World area. Well, Senior Pastor and Teacher Joe Marquez would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. It has truly been a blessing for our church. So until next time, we pray that the Lord would richly bless you with His Word of Grace.